Welcome to a special Christmas edition of the Untold Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. I know what you're thinking. Christmas is over. The season has ended and we're already in 2014. But I say, the holiday season begins and ends in the hardware store. And as of this production, right at this moment, Home Depot is still trying to sell their leftover Christmas lights right next to the handsaws. But I digress. This is a bonus episode featuring a first-person sermon I preached a few weeks ago at the Orchard Church in Traverse City, Michigan. This is a Christmas story, but it takes place 40 days after the birth of Jesus, so I think now is an appropriate time to air it. If you like what you hear, you can check out my weekly sermons via podcast over at www.orchardchurch.net. There's no ending host segments at the end of this episode, so remember to check out Christian Geek Central at ChristianGeekCentral.com. So, without further ado, The Light of Things Hoped For by Nathan James Norman. Many, many years ago, when I lived, when I was alive, when I walked the earth, I waited my entire life to see the one thing I hoped for more than anything else. To see the thing that my heart desired beyond any other thing. I was an old man when it finally happened. My name is Simeon. And for most of my life, I was a priest in the temple of God in Jerusalem in the glorious temple of God in Jerusalem. It was my job to make animal sacrifices on behalf of Israel. Oftentimes people would bring me an animal to sacrifice for thanksgiving for the things that God done. More often than not, I would sacrifice animals to atone for sin. Even as a young priest, I knew that things were not right in Israel. As I was learning my duties and my job in the temple, I would look at my fellow and my elder priests, and I could see them, and they looked pious and holy on the outside. But it was very evident to tell that they were more interested in grabbing power and prestige than they were with worshiping God. I brought this up to one of my mentors. I was concerned about it. In response, I was given the worst jobs in the temple, mostly cleaning up after the sacrifices. Over and over and over again, I heard the same message, do your job and keep your mouth shut. I was born into a free, independent Israel, and I was a young man when the civil wars in Israel broke out. My father, who was a pious and holy man who worshipped God, warned me and my brothers 
And he told us not to get involved in these battles because these wars were born out of the desires of man and not out of the will of God. Only I listened. And each and every one of my brothers died fighting a battle that left Israel weak and ready for conquest by Rome. I was in the temple in Jerusalem. I was serving in the temple on the day that Roman Pompey came and profaned the temple of God and walked into the Holy of Holies, our most sacred space. I was sure God was going to strike him dead. I was shocked when he didn't. But I suppose I shouldn't have been. We hadn't heard a word from the Lord in over 500 years, not since the prophet Malachi. We hadn't heard a word from the Lord. Israel had stopped worshiping idols. Israel had stopped worshiping false gods, but maybe, then again, maybe we didn't. Because you see, even as a young priest, I saw the Sadducees steal from the poor. I saw the Pharisees lie and manipulate to elevate their own power and prestige. I saw my own fellow priests go to the Romans to get rid of their rivals so they could elevate their own power. In our sin, we worshipped our selves. I know what you're thinking. Why did you stay? Simeon, why did you stay? Why did you stay when, when it was so corrupt? I had to stay. This was the temple of God. The one true God. I had to stay. All of Israel, both the corrupt and the faithful few that remained, came to worship God. And so I decided to stay and do what little I could. It was very little. From very early on in my ministry as a priest, from time to time I could feel the Spirit of God on me, nudging me, moving me, speaking to me, speaking through me, so much so that eventually I suspected He never left me. And that was horrible. That was horrible. Because I could now see and understand how deep our corruption was, how deep our sin was, how deep our darkness was. I saw my fellow brothers and sisters of Israel profane the name of God, use the name of the Lord their God in vain, not in what they said, but in how they lived their lives. We were in darkness. Outside we looked holy and pious, and inside we were dead. I remember I was walking to the temple that day. I had been selected to serve. And as I was walking through the court of Gentiles, which was the furthest the Gentiles, non-Jewish people, could go into the temple complex, it wasn't very far in. As I was walking through that section, all of a sudden I felt the Spirit of God speak to my, my heart, my soul, my inner self. And He said, Simeon, you will not see death until my Messiah comes. 
But for years and years and decades and decades, I did not see his Messiah come. No, what I saw was the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the priests politically maneuver their way into power. I saw Israel have no regard to tell others about our God who we served. Even the very Roman soldiers who stood outside the temple day and night, no one wanted to tell them about our God. I saw false messiah after false messiah rally support to themselves and fail because they weren't really messiahs. Israel became darker and we were enslaved to our sin and we couldn't even see it. When would God send His Messiah to save us? One day I was sitting in my home and I was an old man, 86 years old, long after everyone I'd ever known and loved had passed away. And I was in my home because I hadn't been selected to serve in the temple that day. But I felt the Holy Spirit leading me to the temple. He didn't speak to me. I didn't hear a voice. I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't hear a voice in my heart. I I, I just... I just felt impressed, like the Holy Spirit had impressed me times before when walking down a road and, and I felt the Holy Spirit leading me to stop and talk to this man or, or when the Holy Spirit nudged me to talk and, and console a weeping child. But I felt compelled, so I got up and I got dressed and I began walking to the temple. It took a very long time. I was very old at that time. As I was walking through the temple, I didn't know why I was going there. I I stopped and I paused and I looked at this beautiful temple of God. It was absolutely magnificent. The innermost part of the temple complex was 35 stories high. So beautiful. So majestic. I was walking through the court of Gentiles and, and I passed through the Soreg, which was a barrier that kept all non-Jewish people away from going further into the temple complex, away from worshiping God. And I was walking through there. I, I, I was aimless. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I probably looked like an old lost man because I didn't know why I was there. I walked through the eastern gate into the court of women, which was the furthest into the temple complex women were allowed to go to, but men were often there. And as I was in the court of women, I was walking through, it was filled with people, and, and I passed by this old woman, Anna, and I smiled. This old woman had been married for seven years, and then her husband died. For 84 years, she remained a widow, and she came into the temple every day and prayed and fasted to the Lord. It was such a humble ministry, but such a powerful one. Many, well, most of my fellow priests thought she was crazy and couldn't stand her. Because more than just praying and fasting, this woman was a prophetess from the Lord. 
this woman spoke the words of the Lord. The Spirit of God rested on her, and she spoke the words of God, and it drove my fellow priests mad. Because for 500 years, God hadn't spoken a single word to Israel. Not one word. Not since the prophet Malachi. And finally, God is speaking again. Finally, God is speaking to Israel, and He chose to speak through a woman who was 105 years old. And she was a woman. Most of my fellow priests thought she was crazy, but I could hear and recognize the word of the Lord on her lips. I thought I was old. She was 105, but she still ministered to the Lord day and night. I smiled and waved as I went past her and continued to wander around. I didn't know why I was there. I just wandered around, not knowing what was happening. It was filled with people. People were everywhere. Usually the court of women was filled. People coming to bring sacrifices of thanksgiving. People coming to dedicate their children to the Lord. People coming to present their children to the temple. Uh, People coming to sacrifice for their sins. There were people everywhere. And I was just looking around. and, And then I saw a man and a woman. And the woman was holding a child, a a little baby, an infant. And the moment I set my eyes on him, I knew. I just knew. I knew this was the light of things hoped for. I knew this was the one I waited my entire life for. I knew this was the Messiah. I knew this was... The king, I knew this was the anointed one. I knew this was the Christ. And so I rushed up to them, and I was fortunate because they were looking for a priest, and I looked like a priest. (laughs) And the man approached me, and he said, My name is Joseph, and this is my wife Mary. We've come to present and dedicate our child. And as I took the infant from Mary's arms, so timidly, she said, his name is Jesus. Jesus. Yeshua. Joshua. It means God. It means Yahweh saves. I looked at this little infant in my arms, 40 days old. I knew he was 40 days because that was the age that children were dedicated. He was so unassuming. There was nothing special that looked about him. So normal, so plain. This was the one who would save us from everything. I know that the parents wanted me to say a blessing. But as I held that child, I could feel the Holy Spirit burning in my heart. And so in a loud voice, as I held the child before all of the people who were there, I yelled, Now, Master, your servant can depart in peace, for I've seen salvation with my own eyes. You have prepared it in the presence of all the peoples. He will be a light of revelation for the Gentiles and glory for your people, Israel. 
This was it. This is how all of our corruption would be undone. This is how our sin would be changed and transformed. This is how we would walk into light from darkness. We would move from death into life through this little Messiah. I handed the child back to his mother with trembling hands. And then I blessed the family. Mary and Joseph were smiling. They knew that this was a miracle child. They they knew who he was, but to hear him proclaimed in the temple of God, they were so excited. They were so filled with joy and happiness. When the child departed from my hands, I suddenly felt very, very old. And then I had a flash, a a vision from the Spirit of God. And I saw this little child grow from a boy into a man. And I saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes oppose him, attack him, defame his name, come against him. And I stumbled. And Mary, even though she was holding Jesus, was able to catch me. And I looked into her eyes and she was so young. And I said to her, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel. He will be a sign to be opposed. And then I had another vision. Another flash. I saw a tree. A cross. Blood. Nails. A tomb. And I said to Mary, a sword will pierce your own soul so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I stood up. Can you imagine how horrified, how terrible it is for a mother to hold her miracle child in her arms and to be told that he will suffer, that he will be rejected, that he will die? She was horrified. I was horrified. felt like all the life that was left in me had gone out. And then as we all just stood there looking at each other, all of a sudden Anna, the the prophetess Anna, that old woman Anna came running up to us, running like a little girl, and she had her arms in the air and she started screaming, praise God, praise God, his salvation is here, his joyous salvation is here, the redemption of Israel has come, the redemption of Jerusalem is here, praise God, everybody praise God. I, I didn't know how to interpret what was happening. I knew that the same Spirit of God rested on me that rested on her. 
So then why was I horrified? And why was she praising God? And then I realized. I realized that Israel, no, not just Israel, the whole world would have their sins removed, have their, the darkness of their hearts transformed, their sorrow would turn to joy, their enslavement to sin would be turned into freedom in God. But the Messiah was going to have to suffer to do it. He would have to suffer greatly. Mary and Joseph and Jesus went home to Galilee, to Nazareth, where Jesus could grow to become the man, the Messiah he was to become. I never saw Jesus again in my life. But I know that the Spirit of God led me to that place so that I could understand that my salvation, that everyone's salvation, would come from the intense suffering of the Messiah. What about you? What should you do when God leads you to Jesus? When God leads you to Jesus, you should receive His glorious salvation because it came from His suffering. We can be free of the darkness of this world, the darkness of our own hearts, our selfish, self-centered sin. But we have to receive Him. We have to follow Him. We have to love Him. The Spirit of God led me to Jesus. But the same is true for you. The Spirit of God led you here today. You might think that you came here out of your own desire. You might think you came here out of your own obligation. You might think you came here out of your own will. But no. You came here today because the Spirit of God led you here to hear about Jesus. His suffering can be your comfort. His sorrow can be your joy. His death and His resurrection can be your life. Accept Him. Receive Him. Follow him.